Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Burgundy Gold Knuckleheads podcast. And as always, right over there is my main man, Reggie. What up, Del? What's up today, man? Not much, man. We just, uh, just, we just rolled in on a boat today. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we, we got the much-needed rain. Yes, and it all came at once. It's like all the rain we've been missing for the last two months decided to come in the, in one day. Yeah, and it, and it magically went from 100 degrees down to the 80s, or actually the 70s, I think, today. It is, real nice. Uh, real so nice, it's, huh? a, it's a big change for those uh, that are in the D.C. area that are always hear about how hot it is. Well, that, that all that is true during the summertime, but we got to we, we got to break We might here. be one of the coolest spots in, in the nation this, this time. Yeah, we got we got a break right now. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. But we also, it's going to be a, another good day today. Oh, well, always a good day when we're, when we're talking burgundy and gold, right? That's, this is true. This is true. But, uh, but, but we, however. How, however, we, we've, got a, we've got a guest with us on today. Uh, for those that have listened to some DC radio call-in programs and, and maybe caught him on his podcast, we've got uh, our, our friend Toothpick on with us. What's going on today, Toothpick? What's good? How y'all doing, man? It's a pleasure to be here with y'all. Uh, it's, it's it's good to have you on here. Good to have you on here. We brought uh, we brought Toothpick in. I, I think those that have uh, heard our our last four or five podcasts, we, we're trying to mix in some some uh, some guests, uh, some guests, and you know we crossed paths with Toothpick, and uh, he was more than glad to to join us, and more than glad to have him on here. So again, thank thanks for joining us today. Not a problem. And I also w- would like to say I, I, I also had to break out the paddle, had the canoe in the back of the trunk and just had to go with it to, uh, to get to and from work today. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for, the, for those that don't know, we, we found out uh, when, when we got talking to each other uh, a couple weeks ago that Toothpick is also he's a in, neighbor. He, he, yeah, he, he's behind enemy lines here in Dallas Fort Worth area. That's right. Now I, never, I don't live in the in the uh, DC area, so so Kim, maybe you can kind of correlate that to the folks in the DC area. What Toothpick being in close well, proximity? It, you to know, us. it's Baltimore. I mean, uh, Baltimore, no, Washington, Washington, Baltimore, kind of. No, kind no, of. it's closer. I think it's closer. I think it's like you know DC to the MGM. Because Dallas Fort Worth, we're so so close. It is close. Where, it is close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we've crossed paths and didn't know it at the fan club, you know, for, that's down here in Dallas. It's crazy. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, we, we've been uh, to a uh, when when Washington comes in town when when they travel on away games, they used to, and I think it's going to pick back up again. But Washington. Uh, they always did the rally. They always did a rally at the away yep. games for for fans in that area to whether they were traveling with them or they were just uh, traveling to go to the game or they were just coming uh, from that area would get together and have a rally the night before the game. They we've been I've been to five six I don't know how many in uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth area and lo and behold Toothpick's been there at least a couple times <laughs> and uh, just had yeah. to cross paths. Well, it sounds yeah. like we've been we've been we've crossed paths several times, not just at the rally, but even like you said at at the uh, at the local bar right. that shows all of our games. And Toothpick right. has been there as well. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm always sporting that Toothpick Toothpick uh, Rough Rider vest, you know, uh, with the Redskins logo on the back of it. If I don't have that on, I got something new coming for you guys this year. Okay. So right. it's, it'll, it'll it'll be great. You know, it'll be great. I, I, I'm I'm sure it's uh, still. Uh, covered in burgundy and gold, so it's, that's a good thing, man. Yes, yes, yes. always. <laughs> well, uh, we're a couple days removed from Washington's second preseason game against Kansas City. Um, you know the the first quarter and a half, almost two quarters, uh, Washington kept their starters in, so it was good to see how how everybody. Played. I mean, granted, on on vanilla, um, on offense and defense, they're playing very vanilla. But it was good to see. Uh, well, you see saw, them, well, you saw the starters more. out there, right? Yeah. But before, was, before I give my take, I'm gonna ask you two pick. What was your reaction just seeing? I guess the for maybe the first half where the starters first, half, yeah. first starters because because the offense played a little bit less than the defensive starters. So what what was your reaction to the, to the first half of the game? Well, I was excited going into this into this game for a couple of different reasons. The first reason is we're going to get a legit offense. Right. Even if they're just running, you know, 
no game planning, not targeting a certain person on defense that I want to take advantage of is because Andy Reid's philosophy, and I've said this on my podcast a ton of times, is his philosophy is speed everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see us do better in the secondary. Did not happen. Right. It did not happen at all. Right. So, you know, for all the days that we hear that the secondary is doing great and they torched the, the offense this year or the, that day in practice, well, they can cover our guys really easy <laughs> because they know the route. But when you're facing another team that will come out of different formations and run different route combinations on you, it we did. got the same results that we've had for the last couple of years. It, 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 it didn't it, it did make me feel good um, watching that defense, knowing that – because, again, we, we all recognize Pat Mahomes was the quarterback on the other side of the field, right? But, right. But to watch their offense – albeit vanilla, go up and down our field, t- not once but twice, with uh, I think they ran, they, the time of possession was about five minutes each. They ran 10 to 12 plays, two consecutive touchdowns. Pat Mahomes went six for six on third down conversion. Our, our defense showed me nothing different that made me go, we're going to be all right come the regular season. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell, tell you what I did today. Okay. I started looking for over unders on when Jack Del Rio was going to be fired. That's what that, that performance Saturday made me do. Well, you know, I, I was going to say, you know, as Reggie was talking there, um, you know, what was what was the difference of, of what we saw against the Kansas City Chiefs and what we saw the first seven or eight weeks of last year when we were just scratching our heads, going, you know, when is this defense going to show up? Um, again, I don't want to overreact too much because, um, because it is preseason, but, but the trend is there. The trend is there. Right. And yes. from a defense perspective, the trend is there. Um, uh, Rivera and staff decided for the most part to run back the personnel, the defensive personnel that they had last year. Correct. Right. Correct. They, they didn't go make yep. any changes. They they didn't go get a a new safety, a new uh, linebacker, any, any stud line. I mean, they they. I think everybody's scratching their heads that we didn't go get a linebacker at least. Um, but but they're coming back with the exact same starting eleven for the most part. Correct. Uh, to where on the offense they were they recognized the problem and they went and made some adjustments. Part of it is just getting healthy, but part of it is, you know, uh, first you know getting Dotson and Wentz. Uh, and also even Robinson, right? Um, so they made they made a lot of moves there. So I think the coaching staff, if this defense does not perform well, exactly to your point, toothpick, um, the coaches themselves are going to have to a lot of answers to uh, provide. Well, I, um, for all of Jack Jack Del Rio's twenty four years of NFL experience, I'm still trying to figure out how he's not going home and beating himself in the head with a bat. And I'm not condoning violence or, or you know, <laughs> hurting yourself, or, you know, no, but I, I just don't get it. And um, honestly, it had me to the point where I, I was literally trying to figure out what is wrong with our defense. And I was looking at like every level and, and I don't know if this is where you were going with this, but I was looking at every level. Like we fired Sam Mills Jr. Right. And we promoted um, Jeff Scanina. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right. then, we look back at the – I want to go to the backside first, right? Um, and they have a very active coach, and Chris Harris back there, the defensive backs coach. He has nine years of NFL experience, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets his guys going. And I saw something on one of the clips, and you guys can go back and check me, fact check me, where they were getting ready to go 11 on 11 or 7 on 7. And Coach Ron Rivera is walking around telling the D-backs to defer to the wide receivers. Huh? And I said to myself, this is in practice. Oh, They're right. going seven on seven or 11 on 11, right? But he's telling the D-backs to defer to the wide receivers. Okay. You know, no big collisions. Remember, right. they got fined right. during OTAs for this. Correct. So I was like, they're taking that same concept of deferring to the wide receivers into the game. Uh-huh. Does, I mean, do you guys not see that happening? Like, catch it, oh, now I can tackle you, right? Right. Where is the aggressiveness? So I know Chris 
Chris Harris has his guys pumped up. He has his guys going hard because you see it. You see when they get interceptions, how excited they are and everything like that. Right. But I would say, Coach, you stay away from my D-backs. Let me tell them when to defer. Right. And right. then I looked at then I looked at the linebacker's coach, Steve Russ, four years of experience. He has less years of experience than Jonathan Allen. Wow. Right. Wow. Four years of coaching experience. And you're coaching the linebackers, and he has the t- – the worst room on our defense. Uh-huh. I mean, I was like, come on, man. First, you're telling my D-backs to defer. Now you got me a linebacker's coach that is barely out of college. <laughs> now we know. I, I think I've solved the deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. Well, well, the thing, the thing, <laughs> the thing about it for me is, is as fans, we all know what the issues were with our team, whether it was the fumbles by Gibson or the uh, the lack of aggression by our defensive calls, the the amount of space we would give our uh, the DBs would give our receivers, all these types of things we saw where we couldn't get pressure on the quarterback, the guys wouldn't stay in the rush lanes, which create these gaping holes for quarterbacks to run through. Right, all these things we saw right. last year, and the expectation is that these were going to be fixed. And so when people say, "Well, it's just preseason," that's true, but when we see exactly the same things that we saw last season that plagued us last season, and we're seeing them in the first two preseason games, we have, to, we can't help but be concerned with that. Right. You can't tell uh, me that um, we're going to do the exact same thing, but then come week one against Jacksonville, we're going to wipe all that clean. No, the fact that Gibson fumbled, I'm not saying give up on him, but the fact that he fumbled where well, it means he hasn't changed from last year. Our defense didn't get any pressure on the quarterback. We haven't, we haven't addressed from last year. Secondary not communicating. We're giving all this cushion to the receivers. Again, nothing has changed from last year. The fact that it's a vanilla defense, that's fine. But let me see a little bit something different. And I didn't yep. see anything different than what we saw last year. So I feel like this is the same defense as last year. All right. Well, we, we, we want different because what they've been doing is not successful. It's not working. <laughs> right? If, if it's not, not successful, you can't keep doing the same thing. And, and, and going back to what you're coming about last year, you know, it took like eight games in the bye week for, the, for, you know, uh, Rivera said that him and Del Rio and the staff were going to sit down and, and figure it out. Why did it take you that much time? Because the back half of the year, all of a sudden they made some adjustments and they weren't, you know, killing it, but they were at least an average defense you instead saw of being a, a horrible defense. You saw Correct. a difference Correct. after the bye week, right? Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but the, back week, the bye week this year is in week 14, Correct. Right? Yes. Correct. Yeah, no, if, there's if no way we can wait. The, yeah. You can't wait to the bye week this year, but I tell you what, week six is a Thursday night game. Okay. Right? That's a mini sort of bye week, right? Yep. That's a mini bye week. After that. Yeah, yeah, after that. That's a mini bye week. But but, but we we saw the problems. That's where my money is on Jack DeRio being fired. But here's the the thing. being fired, okay. But but, but the point. point I think Ken was making here is that it should not have taken eight weeks for them to make this change for the defense to look a little bit different. The, the, but, and also, part of that was uh, Landon Collins going up to that Buffalo nickel. It was. It, right? was. it but, was. But you got Cam Curl playing that Buffalo nickel now. And what I think actually needs to happen is, is this. Okay, so one of the things that I saw that I did like was our young safety, uh, Percy Butler. Okay. He seems to be aggressive, right? I would love to see Bobby McCain and Percy Butler and Cam Curl on the field at the same time. You want to put these these hybrids on the field or whatever, right? Give me Percy Butler. You know, Percy was attacking, right? He was he was in full attack mode, and I can appreciate that because he hasn't been told to slow down yet. Mm-hmm. You know, let this dude fly out on the field. Cam Curl, he he, he went up against a, a good tight end. He just he had his hands full while he was on the field. He did. But, but the other part was Montez played his butt off. Montez played his butt off, but Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne were not seen. I agree. I agree. Our, our, our key guys doesn't seem to show up on tape. You're watching the game. You don't hear their names. You don't, they're not making impact plays, right? We recognize Aaron Donald's not on our team, but you, you're looking for your guy to make game-changing plays. Do something that blows up the play, blow up the running back coming out of the backfield. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes for a reason, and he's gonna make yeah. a lot. He's gonna make a lot of teams look inept. 
But we should have been able to get some pressure on him. The guy, I mean, the guy went six for six on third down. Right. If you've seen, if you've seen some of the cut ups, some of the guys are putting out on Twitter, it's third and two, third and three, and our DBs are, are six yards off the line. Six yards off the ball. It's yeah. like, what, like, what we, are we, we doing? That's a slant waiting to happen. Right. That's well, a screen pass thought, waiting to happen. That, we said that on the live stream uh, on on Saturday. Just that that's just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting to happen. And I, I didn't, and that's what I'm saying is. Uh, Sweat had good pressure, but the rest of his guys. Remember, Warren Sapp was there, and he was like, he's, I'm, "I'm telling these guys, you know, it's a it's a meeting four yards deep in the backfield." Right. right. Well, you got to right. contain a person like Patrick Mahomes. And as much as everybody said we didn't game plan, Patrick Mahomes came out and told you, he said, "Man, I saw a midseason blitz come from them," <laughs> and he beat it. Yeah. He did. He beat it. He just moved a little bit, waited for the tight end to clear, put it in the spot, tight end caught the ball. So you can't tell me that they are not putting in installs. For, for the season, but it's just like Warren Sapp, Warren Sapp said. They got to do it together. And last year we saw a lot of individual play. Absolutely. And our defense got burned, and we saw it again. So to that point, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so tired of beating up on the defense right now. Uh, we, we're going to really have to outscore a lot of people. Well, the, it's uh, just well, well, piggybacking off of something you said a few minutes ago, and we acknowledged that after week eight last year, uh, Del Rio and the defense made some changes, and they and they went to a lot more. Predominantly, ran the Buffalo nickel with Landon Collins. Are are you surprised at all that Landon Collins was not brought back? No, no, um, because we have no money. We have we have no money to. I mean, even veteran minimum, Landon Collins deserves a little bit more than veteran minimum. For sure. Like, everyone's talking about we need to go get Roquan Smith, right? Well, there's this thing called the salary cap. We Absolutely. have no way to pay that man. Well, they, we can't I mean, fit that $9 million in, in the, the salary cap. And, we can't do it. So. Yeah. And I didn't have a problem with them cutting him because of the salary, but I'm surprised that they didn't massage a little bit of uh, the salary cap and, and, and defer different people's um, contracts because Landon Collins is 29 years old, a couple of years removed from the from being a, a pro bowler and he's he's sitting on his couch right now. Um a little, little yeah. bit of a surprise that that nobody has been there. Also who you taking off the field? Who you taking off the field to put Landon on? And that was I was gonna say I'm okay with Landon not being on the team. I, I know he played well in that position, but to your point, Toothpick, who do you take off the field? Between who, Butler between who, Butler? Who's, who's playing so well that you don't want him to come off the field? Well, well, nobody. Well, well hang on, it, but it but it's still early enough for me to to not be able to judge who's not playing well. We just know that the defense as a whole didn't look well, but I don't know that St. Juice didn't play. He 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 got all the snaps in, in training camp in that Buffalo nickel. I don't know what Percy Butler is going to do once he sees live action. And then, oh, by the way, you pointed out, what happens if Cam Curl? So I need to see who they're going to put in there and, and consistently be in that spot week in and week out before I can say whether or not that guy is is or is not better than what Landon Collins gave us. But what yeah. I do know, I want to see what one of those three guys would give me, which is St. Jude's, Butler, and Cam Curl. Well, I think, I mean, at this point of the preseason, we're too late uh, to, to bring in Landon Collins. Right? Not really? Right. Not, well, we just uh, bought in. We just bought, well, actually, you know what? I know what that's about. We just bought in two tight ends today. But that's really just about getting through preseason game three. Right. And those guys will be on the all U-Haul team right. as soon as we got to make cuts. <laughs> exactly. And Landon, but Landon knows the defense. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so absolutely. the learning curve won't be as steep if he comes in late. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. If I flip over to the to the other side of the ball, um, before we talk about what you think about the offense after the first two preseason games, um, before the offense, before we even got to preseason games, was uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, when we initially traded for Carson Wentz, uh, came across the ESPN alert or whatever, however you got the news. What was your initial reaction? Your initial reaction now? My initial reaction within was, the first five minutes was we got a we got a quarterback. Okay. My initial reaction in the first five minutes was we have a quarterback because um, Taylor Heineke can't throw the ball deep. Okay, you know I've seen high schoolers throw the ball further than, than Taylor Heineke can. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we here in Texas Friday Night Lights, right. man. We, we see some guys spin it out there, right? right. We see some great wide receivers quarterbacks, running backs, we see those guys spin it. And Taylor Heineke has a high school arm, and, and he's not even a, a D1 high school arm. 
So my initial thought was we got somebody that can literally take the top off the defense uh, and throw the ball out to Terry because Terry can't run past people, man. Curtis Samuel can run past people. Terry got sneaky speed. Yes. Terry has sneaky speed. Yes. So so you were so, so you were excited about about the trade? Yeah, because to a certain point, okay. I, I do have to sh- show some pause because as I you know first five minutes I was like, yeah, we got a quarterback. The next five minutes I read, we eating a whole salary. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> hold on, right? Hold on, <laughs> right. this this don't, this don't work. You know this. You know you. I mean, come on now. I mean, I don't know what you do for a living, but. Even at, you know, when you play Monopoly, you know, hey, I would like to buy Boardwalk. Well, you go give me seven different properties for Boardwalk. Right. Right? Right. You, I'm not just going to give you Boardwalk and pay you, you know, and and that's it. That's We got robbed. We got fleeced. That's because you told your business. You told everybody that we were going to get a quarterback. And they was like, huh. Yep. When we talked to him. We dog walked him and talked to him. So we're gonna give them to you, but you're gonna eat this whole salary. Well, well, let me let me yeah, let me just go ahead and say not everybody thought that Carson Wentz was 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 a boardwalk. I thought he was a St. Charles place, you know. <laughs> well, so I I just, I just I just you know let lay out where it is. Uh, hey, that's the purple, ain't it? That's the purple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the first one. That's the first one, I think. <laughs> Oh, no, he's not. No. Hey, at least get him to the $100 range. Yeah, you know what I mean? right. maybe, maybe he's a railroad. I'll give him a railroad. <laughs> hey, hey, well, I'm tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I've, I've played many of Monopoly games with those railroads. Break you. They, 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 they put a lot of people out the game, let me tell you. You get those utilities yeah. and the railroads, man. Well, I, I'll, but, I'll tell you. You know, we can throw around stats and everything left and right on, on Carson Wentz. Uh, last year, there was 20, believe it or not, 24 quarterbacks who threw for over 3,000 yards, right? We're definitely in a passing league these days. Um, 21 of them had a better completion rate than Carson Wentz. Um, I, I don't need to go through all the names, but there, but there was only two really? people. There was only two people with a worse um, completion rate, and it was uh, uh, what's his name out of uh, Philadelphia? Hertz, Hertz, and, and I want to say the other one was Baker Mayfield. Okay, so let, let me say this but, toothpick. Let me just say this real quick. So when the trade first went down, Ken and I both had the reaction of absolutely, this is ridiculous, right? However. Within about uh, maybe two weeks or so, I changed, and I became on board with this thing. Ken, Ken is still he, he he's still dragging, but I, I came around, so I'm all in on, on Carson Wentz. Okay? Look, I, he, here's where I sit with him, right? He, he's wearing burgundy and gold, so, man, I'm, I'm riding with Wentz, but... I'm I'm in the right hand lane and I'm ready to I'm I'm ready to pull off the side if I need to. He's, right? I'm in the right hand lane. Right. I'm in the right hand lane. <laughs> but see, right, but, but I'm not I'm not in the right hand lane. I'm I'm all in on, on my guy Wentz, man, because I think as I've always told Ken, I understand stats and I and I don't have a problem with stats, but you always have to look behind the stats. For example, yeah. you know, a completion percentage means that the wide receiver has to catch the ball. What happens, you know, just like interceptions, it, it goes on the stat for the quarterback, but if the wide receiver lets it hit him off his head or he fumbles the ball and the DB takes it, is that really on the quarterback? No. So just because his completion percentage isn't high doesn't mean he can't throw the ball accurately. Uh, so, there, so I, so there, I, but there was an early in the, in the preseason or in the training camp, there was a lot of criticism from everybody watching on how inaccurate he was, but continue. Go I ahead. understand. But, but, but again, go ahead. Go ahead, Toothpick. Hey, y'all about to put me like Ken? You about to put me in a position where I got to defend Carson Wentz? That's ex- oh, that's exactly I what I was I, doing. And I understand. Yeah. I understand. So, so, but, but honestly, my my only defense is this: he had the league's leading rusher on his team wearing the same color jersey as him, and I, I'm pretty sure that you can go back and pull up some stats. And Jim McMahon was not lighting the league up because he had number 34 behind him. Okay. You can go back and look at Troy Aikman, and he wasn't lighting the league up because Emmett was behind him. So he may have had some average games, and then, you know, he got Michael Irvin and 
the moves and 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 his tight end, you know, all there where they they can spread it out, and that's what we absolutely have. We have. And Carson you didn't know, have that last year. He didn't have that type of weapon. Right. And that's what I was trying to explain when, as well. When, when he's winning and he's leading us to Super Bowls, like the two gentlemen that you just mentioned, I'm <laughs> I'm on board. I, I want to be wrong. Let me just raise my hand and tell you I want to be wrong. There's right? got to be baby steps first. You, you know you got to win a playoff game before you win. Super absolutely. Bowl. Absolutely. You got to make it. You got to make it to the playoffs first. Well, you you got to win some playoffs. And then you're going to lose in the playoffs. And then hopefully you do that Buffalo thing where everybody, I mean, have you right. seen Buffalo killing people? I mean, oh my God, they covered yeah. the spread by themselves. It was ridiculous. Well, but man, you got to do that. Ken, Ken will have you defending Carson Wentz, man. Let me just tell you well, right let, now. Let me, let me okay. just say, now that we've covered that part of it, uh, Carson Wentz has, has looked pretty solid in his limited action on the first two preseason games. Okay. Um, so you feel different? <laughs> I, I feel like... <laughs> that's a no. That, that some of the criticism... Yeah, that's a no. Ha, <laughs> the, the, the criticism is not worthy at the moment. Okay. Right? That's fair. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm giving him credit. That's uh, fair. Whether, whether it's him or the coaching staff, he's been spreading the ball around. You know, obviously there's always a, a, a primary receiver and a secondary, but he's making the right decisions... Um, other than he should have thrown it away when he took the sack, but you know we can all live with things like that. Um, it, it happened, but but he's been hey, but he's been spreading hey, the ball, making good reads, making good passes in the roughly probably maybe three quarters of a game that he's played in preseason. Okay, that's fair. That hey, and let me tell you, toothpick, that's a big step for Ken to give give Carson a little, little little props here. But go ahead, <laughs> a little love, yeah. But let me tell you something about that sack. Honestly. The line did a great job. Carson just tried to bail out the wrong way. He was going the correct way, yes. and then he tried to bail out the back the, the other way. Agreed. So, you know, I, I guarantee you, like, that guy's probably kicking himself for what he did um, on, on that sack. But I, I think the line for Saturday, I think they did a really good job of keeping him clean, letting him sit back, scan the field, um, and, and make his throws. You know, he got a little happy feet on that third down. That's, I think it was the second, third down he's trying to hit. Uh, Curtis Samuels and Bolton breaks up the pass. I think I thought, just me, my thoughts, and I'm not, I'm not in the quarterback room, but I'm pretty sure that Scott Turner's quarterback coach told him, you know, you got to make him sit down a little lower so that Bolton doesn't have a chance to get his hands on that, um, and he he'll he'll pick up the first down. I think that pass was just a little too high. I think it should have been down by his knees. Right. Well, let me say two things on Carson um, on, on Saturday's game. Um, the, the first thing is supposedly, you know, w- just, again, just following all the local reporters and things and the people that watched the film, they said it was evident in watching the film, the film that it seemed as if Washington's game plan was working on timing. Everything they were running was timing routes. They were just trying to, to just see how they could do against a defense and it was about time. So it wasn't just a full game plan of trying to manipulate the defense and do all these things. It was just seems to be a clear um, thing where they were trying to just work on their timing with the receivers in live action. The other thing. Well, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. And the other thing was, um, to your point about Carson, that was one. I, I know that he should have kept going as opposed to going back. But this is where Carson has to get comfortable with the offensive line and, and break some of his habits. He's always trying to extend the play. And so that was one where it was on him. And this is one of the criticisms that, that's tough to defend Carson Wentz is that he holds on to the ball and he creates sacks. In the case of that game, it took the team out of field goal range. As, opposed, as, opposed, as opposed to just throwing it away or, to your point, keep running and get back to the line of scrimmage or you know maybe gain two yards. He tried to extend the play. And he got a sack, and it put us out of field goal range. And those are the types of things that people have been critical of Carson, and that continues to show up. So I think that's going to be a habit of his that's going to be very, very hard to break. Well, we're going to have to do that real fast because come week one, Jacksonville got two edge rushers coming for you. They do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> they sure do, man. And, and, and I will say, I, I hate to do this, but I got to give him another little bit of credit. Uh, and, and I'm comparing him to <laughs> – one of the things that uh, Heineke had trouble with last year was Heineke didn't look off players, receivers enough. And, and, and I, I've, I've definitely noticed it 
in the uh, two preseason games with Wentz, he does a lot better job of of looking downfield and then already knowing that he's going to throw it over to the flat, as an example, and just pivots, boom, and pops it, um, rather than staring down the receiver. Yeah, so he, he's a quarterback. Oh, yeah. He's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. That's what quarterbacks right. do. Right, 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 right. Because if you, if, you, if you let that say, if you, it's, it's, it's some eyes that's always on you, safety and a linebacker, th- those eyes are always on you, and they're looking at your eyes so you can lead them to killing your man. Oh, well, hospital balls. Uh, like Taylor Heineke threw to Cam Sims. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I, I'm still recovering from that second uh, positive comment from Wentz. So <laughs> I, I, I might need to take a break. Reggie, go ahead and take over no, for a minute. No, no, go ahead, I, Reggie, take over for a minute. I need to take a break. Listen, man, I, I, I'm all in. I, I'm, <laughs> all I can say right now is I have some concerns because as we talked about earlier, that we're seeing some of the same things that plagued us last year. But I'm trying to reserve any true harsh judgment until I see at least the first four games of the season. Well, Reggie, let me give you some hope. Give it to me. And, and, and since, you know, we are, we are in a waterlogged Dallas, Fort Worth area, you know, hope floats, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Offense is going to have to put up points. And I think on Saturday, we discover a little something that they may not have. I mean, they they've known, but the hands have been forced. Yeah, their their hands have been forced with with um, JD yep. JD not playing on uh-huh. Saturday, but Antonio Gibson played that role. Yep. You know, pretty much, and and so now you you can go big sledgehammer on first. You can you know if it's second and four, you can bring in Gibson. They don't know if they're running. They don't know if we're passing. And then, you know, if you do pick up the first down and you don't want to go back to the big hammer, you could bring in J.D. Mm-hmm. They really don't know if we're passing, right? And then if you put eight in the box, now we're going to hit you over the head because we got one-on-one with our wide receivers and our and our tight end, which Logan came off the uh, PUP today. Sure he's not ready. And I still want to see what, what Turner's going to do. Hopefully he gets well and he's just uh, chilling. But I, I think, really think he needed some live game action in preseason, but I don't think he's going to get it. Right. So our offense is really, really going to be the key. And we're not going to let teams have – I mean, they may – you know, we'll run into a, a green day or something like that. They may have some five-minute drives on us when we score. But I, I see us having a lot of 10-minute drives. So get ready for the Tampa Bay – you know, that Tampa Bay 10-minute drive this year. That's going to be us all the time. Hey, I'm cool with it. I'm cool. I got and, no problem with that. And I think – just because of the nature of Carson Wentz, um, he, he likes to throw it downfield. So we're, I think we'll see more big plays mixed in with those drives as well. If, if Carson Wentz throws that ball to Dami Brown, that's a touchdown. I don't yeah, know if, you guys if remember. he doesn't overthrow him. If he don't overthrow him. If he doesn't, but, 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 you're right, if he doesn't overthrow him. But the one, of, one of Carson's strength is the deep ball. Not, not just strength, but accuracy, but accuracy as well. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I think if nothing else, he 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 may have overthrown him. To your point, it definitely wouldn't have been overthrown. So he would have overthrown him, or he would have gave enough air on it where Diamond would have been able to run underneath that ball and run straight in for the to the end zone. Yeah, yeah uh, I got a question for y'all real fast. Right. I know this is y'all's podcast. Y'all asking questions. No, 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 no we're, man. We're, you we're, all, we're just us? having a conversation, man. Yeah. What you, you got, got for y'all us? ready to get? Y'all ready to give up on Diami? Because what does he bring to the team? Like that's a, that's a really competitive room right now, and you really want to keep that room competitive. What is he bringing? Honestly, I, I don't know what he's bringing as much as the guy has a has a skill, and I don't know that we've been able to take advantage. So I don't want to give up on him yet. So I know that I know that kind of doesn't really answer your question. So the short answer is no. I'm not ready to give up. What does he bring? He messed around and, and allowed the team to draft other wide receivers, and it may be hard for him to make, make an impact on the team. Because he messed around. If, yeah. if, if Diamond has stepped up in his rookie year, they're not worried about um, Jahan Drafting Jackson. a wide receiver. Well, well we, we know right now that it's, uh, you know, Terry, Curtis, and Jahan Dotson. And Dotson, right? Those, those are three. But, but, but during the year, Unfortunately, one of those guys is going to get hit, hurt for a couple games at least, right? There's COVID. There's injuries. Right. There's, there's injuries. So, I mean, who's going to be your your fourth? Is it going to be – you would think it would be either him or Cam, right? It should be Brown. 
you, it, you should, would, it, it should be. be it should be. Should Correct. Be. Should be. Correct. Um, but he caught 12 passes last year. And what wide receivers do coming into the NFL nowadays, and people blame it on the quarterback, but for some unknown reason, Terry still got a thousand yards. For right. some unknown reason, you know, Logan was almost at a Pro Bowl level last year. Oh, wait, slow down, two pit. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> he was having a really good year. He was sure. having a really good year. Right, right. right? right. Yep. On a bad, then, on a bad offense, know, right? On a bad offense, and JD McKissick was getting catches. So, are you meaning to tell me that the only thing that Deami Brown can do is run a go route? No. Well, I'm, now it's your it's your second year, and you should work on running routes better. But I haven't seen it all season. Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you. So, well, preseason. So, so Ken and I talked about this. Deami Brown became our Deshaun Watson, and I I was always frustrated that we got a Ferrari and we never used it. And so we we didn't use Deshaun Watson the way it was always just go long. We we didn't try to put him on slants. We didn't try to give him wide receiver screen. We didn't try to do anything to get the ball in his hand and let him make a play. It was always just go long, and then he we would throw the ball and try to get a pass interference. Maybe he he caught it a couple times, well, but but it was always just early, all or nothing. Early on in the year, he had a he had a handful of drops. He had two or three drops, which is kind of like a fumble. Coach, yes. Coaches are gonna. Get you to the sideline if you can't uh, catch it when the ball hits your hands. And so, and so, right. so with that, they brought Dimey Brown in to kind of do that. But then we had quarterback issues. We had Alex Smith, who became the dump king. Then we got Taylor Heineke, and you've already talked about his arm. So you, you got a guy that you can't really take advantage of what he does. And one of the knocks on Dimey Brown, which is why he fell in the draft, was he wasn't that smooth route runner as some of these other guys. So he had. Go ahead. We're going to say NFL players take their biggest jump from their rookie year to their sophomore year because they get a feel of what it is. Correct. So you have all season. I mean, wide receivers go to camp. Just like tight ends go to camp. They go to tight end you. They go to wide receiver you. They go see specialists to learn how to run these routes to do it all better. So you mean to tell me that after the season in February, Terry took like two weeks off and he was back at it, right? Okay. Why? Where? Where are you at with investing in yourself to do something more than catch twelve passes? Well, supposedly, you know what I mean. Supposedly, he has worked on it. Supposedly, he he looks better in camp. In fact, when they talked about some of the guys having good camps, they mentioned Diamond Brown was having a good camp. The problem with Diamond is again, he messed around and they drafted that number one that uh, that guy that wears that number one jersey, and he came right out of the gate looking good in camp. Now you got Dami running yeah, he, around. He wasn't messing around. Right. And Dami <laughs> nope, Brown is not back. At all. And Dami's back out there running with the twos again. Well, guess who's the quarterback at number two? Same guy that can't get in the ball. Can't right. get you the ball. Hey, and I did say something in his DNA where he just cannot throw. There's a there's a there's a, a, a contra code, a cheat code that that uh allows Deami Brown not to catch a ball from Taylor Heineke. So it's an up, up, down, down, left, right, BA select start that won't let him catch a ball. That's it. From Taylor Heineke. That's it. <laughs> right, right. That's it. And so, so again, he's run, I'm pretty sure he's going in the training camp like, Shh, man, so now I got to get out here and run with Taylor again. I'm sure he, everybody loves Taylor and the grit and the grind that the guy brings. But at the end of the day, he's getting paid to throw the ball and Brown gets paid to catch it. And what does he do is he, he runs long and Taylor can't get him the ball. So I think that nope. I think that hurt him in camp again. To your point, I think I'm it hurt not, him. Again. I'm not a Taylor. I'm not a Taylor fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Taylor fan at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a Taylor fan. So you, so I'm gonna tell you who I'm a fan of. That came out of that quarterback draft last year. Okay, and he he's actually a backup for Indianapolis right now. Sam Ellinger. I, I literally before the team, I was like, oh my god, yep. Really? I was like, man, this is going to be our quarterback in the future. But if you look at him now, like what he what he is doing now, right now, because this is literally his his season. Because he's not going to play. Matt Ryan's going to play. Right. Um, but th- this guy is literally showing the the big jump from rookie year to sophomore year okay. with Indianapolis. It, it, Matt Ryan's not putting up any points. Matt Ryan's looking the same way that Carson Wentz looked last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, no, I agree. Ella, and Elliger is the one that's keeping the Colts in their games when he's playing. 
he's yeah, he's running with the twos and everything like that. But you see the jump that he made. You see it literally. It's crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. It. Uh, Lord, Lord knows uh, Washington needs a quarterback in in the worst way, right? Yeah, um, and, yeah, yeah. and 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 my my concern here, I'm going to get ready to throw a dart at uh, Wentz. Is my my concern with Wentz isn't that he plays at the Wentz level. My concern is that he plays at the Wentz level, and because Washington is so desperate that we look at that as being something special, and we don't look to the future potentially. Now, if he comes out and you know, and he take taking us deep into the playoffs and everything, you know, it's another whole story. But if he has a average uh, Wentz season, you know, where where do we sit next year? Are, are we sitting next winter um, at the same spot we were sitting at this winter and debating? Okay, well, what are our choices? We we either pay him and keep him two more years. Or we're back at where we were, you know, and it's a it's a repeat, you know, uh, wash, rinse, repeat type of cycle. Well, I, I can tell you one thing. I um, I think that Washington's future looks really bright. Um, my one concern, I'll, I'll tell you right now, my one concern is Sam Howell's height. He had uh, two bat, two or three batted balls on Saturday, right? But. Now, now here's my bright side to the future, okay? We got Brian Robinson. We got Sam Howe, John Dodson, Curtis Samuels. I think he has like another year left on his contract. We got Terry for three more years, right? Right. We got a young tight end and Cole Turner who is going through some injury stuff right now. We can invest in our offensive line the next couple of years. And if we decide to move on from Wentz, we bring in another quarterback that we don't have to draft high because we got Sam. We got Sam in the in the fifth round. And so, even if we pick a quarterback in the second or third round, that don't mean that they coming in and taking over for Sam. All they get means is we just getting somebody there to back up Kayla Heineke at number two. Right, right. Right. We get somebody to back up Sam at, at number two, and then we can continue to grow the team. The team, as far as Within the last three years, the talent is here, and we're going to be scary good. Like in the next couple of years, we're going to be really scary, scary good in the next couple of years, which is outstanding. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. I would love to see Carson play his way to a new contract, you know, next year. But if it don't happen, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to cry over spilled milk because all of the guys that we drafted this year will have experience along with, you know, Keep the Curtis Samuel on the field all year. And our offense, I keep notice I keep talking about the offense. The offense is what gives me hope. And, you know, the defense just has to get on the train and ride. Right. Well, well I'll say this. I think you're 100% right um, in terms of the talent and where we are. I feel good about it. I'm with you. I feel good about the, the young talent that we have on this team. Only thing, and, and I say the only thing is if it's very easy, but once we settle the quarterback position, and I don't necessarily mean we have the next – Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes behind our behind center on our team. But if we can get just some stability, good quality play out of the quarterback position along with the talent that we have, this team can go far. But what will also happen, whether we whether we re-sign Carson to another extension, I think Carson's play, I, I believe this, even with all the warts that he has, his play is going to raise the level of expectation and the quality in which the organization goes and seeks quarterbacks. We've been just looking for a guy that can give us something. I think Carson Wentz, right. gonna, Carson Wentz is going to raise the bar that whether it's the guy of the draft in free agency, he's going to raise the bar with the expectation of what the quarterback should look like playing in Bergen and go, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, the quarterback that we have uh, two steps behind him has a – uh, a arm just like his, he just doesn't have the height. And, you know, I the one I, behind him. I personally won't hold that against him because you look at some nope. guys that have played well that have been shorted. I mean, the league has changed a little bit. That protects the shorter guys. But if he can play, I mean, Drew Brees wasn't tall. Russell Wilson's Drew not Brees, a tall guy. Yep, yep. So, so if Sam can get in there and show that he can manipulate the defense, he can play, he can sling it, he, can, he, he clearly is mobile and he can do some things special behind, behind the center – 
then then his his height becomes a moot point. Yeah, um, that mobility is really what we all saw last week that didn't help him this week. But you know, different different team, a better team, a playoff team to a non playoff team. That's the difference between week one and week two of the preseason mm-hmm. for us. Was you know. All right, we we lost to a team, but we was there. Our third string, fourth string got us back in the game when we could possibly steal a victory, and everybody felt great about Sam. But this year, and which which young Q, young QB has to learn, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't throw that out late, not in the NFL, because they're going to reverse skate on you and, and get down the sideline. So he needed those downs. He really needed those downs because imagine if he come out and won that game. Now, now we start to talk. Well, maybe he should be number one. No, no I no. would. I would. He should do that. this year. You know, some of our fans are just crazy. No doubt, so, right, no right. doubt. So, yeah, so, yeah. So, so he needed that down because the only thing he needs to do this year is hold the clipboard. That's it, absolutely. And, and I think hold that's exactly what's going to happen. He's 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 got the talent to play, but he was humbled a little bit this week. And to your point, I think he he's there's no pressure. Just stand on the sideline, listen, learn, hold the clipboard, man. And when your time comes, just be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, uh, game, game one opening day against Jacksonville, uh, who's going to be lined up behind Carson Wentz on the first snap? Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, Robinson. uh, Now, is that who you think or that's who you want? I want to see all of them play. I want to see them be. I want to see Robinson pound and pound and pound and pound, and then I want to see, you know, uh, Gibby break off a, a long run because of the body blows. That change of pace, you know what I mean. Right, and right, then I want right. to see, and then I and then I want to see JD come in and rip them up too with draws, and and they they just don't know which way to go, and then they start putting eight in the box, and then you see dots and run past somebody. Well, well they're, all, know, they're all going to play. They got tools. They're, they're all going to play. Turner's Turner's got a lot of tools. Right. And they're all going to play, yeah. but but again, right. the question is, do you? I want to see number eight. I want to see, see a professional running back that's right. not going to make me hold my breath every time he goes okay. inside on, on an inside run to drop the ball. There that's you go. We're, we're, we're back on track. Uh, you and you and I, toothpick. Maybe maybe not yeah. on quarterback, but when it comes to running back, we're we're linked up again, brother. No, I'm listen. Listen, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I, I got I got friends in DC that got duct tape, and they ready to duct tape the ball to his hand once he gets once he gets the ball in his hand. <laughs> they're like, is it a way they they're looking in the rule book and be like, is it a way that we could call a play, call a timeout, strap some duct tape on this dude and then call a timeout? No, those are street rules. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, man. Well I listen, I think everybody, whether you at the NFL level or just a casual fan, everyone can see that B Rob, Brian Robinson looks a little bit different running that ball, man. And and I saw some of the cutups they had they had on on Twitter, man. And you can see him going through the hole, getting skinny, putting both um, hands on the ball, protecting as he's going through the line, and just going forward. And well, I, and, and I think he, that Randy Jordan does a great job with him. Uh, I did see a couple of times where he was high, his pad level was high. He needs to run behind those knees. And he'll run through a couple more people. But I love just watching the kid run. He, yeah. Man, I'm yeah. telling you, I, I watch him just rolling out and then cutting back. You know, setting up the the uh, linebacker, setting up his blocks and stuff, right. and no, and and I've said it before, and some people came for me on Twitter, and it's like speaking out some of the things against Antonio Gibson doesn't mean I don't like the guy, and I and I my point I was making was Brian Robinson just has some some traits that as a natural running back that he does without thinking that Antonio Gibson is still trying to learn. Right. He's still right. trying to, he's trying to learn some of the nuances of the running back position, even in his third year, that Brian Robinson as a rookie, it, it just comes naturally. It's instinctive. So but that's the thing too, is this is his third year. So now and you led the league in fumbles last year. So now that reputation is out there of being, you know, I'm gonna give the ball up. And when, when that reputation is out there, now you know, defenders, they're like sharks in the water. They're coming they smell the blood. Yep. So everybody's coming for that ball until the whistle blows. They're punching at that thing, grabbing that thing out of there. Even after the whistle blows, if it's a pile, they're they're clawing and scratching. Yep. Right? A bunch of a bunch of hyenas coming after you, right? Right, right? So, with that being said, he did work in the off season carrying a heavy a heavier ball and um and and people poking at it, prodding at it, and thing like everything like that. But the video's coming out 
uh, I think Rio Robinson had one. They were doing like the goal line drills or some, some short yardage drills or something like that. Man, he gets hit and that ball squirts up, looks like a fire hydrant exploded. Yep. And yep. defense comes down with it. Yep. So I, I remember that from, from training what, camp. What translated him? Yeah, what translated from practice, translated over into the game. And Brian Robinson said, that's the only opening I needed was to see you do exactly what you did in practice. Now I'm going to take your job. And guess what? What do we lose by cutting him? We don't lose a lot. We're not going to cut him. That's no, not what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, We're not yeah. going to cut him. But he's going into his last year of his contract. So you can play his third year, but we'll look for another running back. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jonathan will jump. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I would say Jonathan Williams doesn't fumble. Right. Right. Listen, I, I, I mean, every, everybody sees it, man. Uh, and, and, it goes back to that when you get your opportunity, you take advantage of it, man. And Brian Robinson has just came in and did his thing. He just translated from from the field, from the training camp to practice to the field. And again, it, it's not a knock on Antonio, man. But the thing that I've always said, every running back fumbles the ball at some to, at some point. But it it never ceases to amaze me that whenever Antonio Gibson fumbles, it is always at the wrong time. Seems like the other team gets it. It's deep in our territory. So now they have a short field, instant three points. And in most cases, because of an inept on our defense, it becomes a seven-point touchdown. And so his, If he was a quarterback, what would we be saying about him? We'd be talking about all the interceptions he's doing. Yep, because it's the same thing, right? Fumbles, interceptions, exact same thing. So it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, you know. I, 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 <laughs> Reggie just gave me the head shake to not bring it up, but uh, that 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 was a a knock on Carson Wentz when he was in Philadelphia is a lot of fumbles back there when he gets sacked. Um, I, I I think on the you know we we talked about the uh, spotlight that Del Rio is under uh, in a roundabout way. I think there's a spotlight on Turner as well because he's got the he's got a a, a big quarterback upgrade. Uh, he, he's got three healthy wide receivers, three healthy running backs. The offensive line is pretty solid. Uh, Logan Thomas, as we've has said that is doing a stellar job at, uh, at tight end. If we, if we are an inept offense at all at any point this year, like we were last year, he's got to take the criticism because, because he's got all the, all the parts, right? They they went uh, they went out and bought him all the shiny toys that he wanted and needed, um, and so I, I'm I'm interested to see, you know, if we sputter a little bit on offense, how much uh, grief there will be on on uh, Scott Turner. But it, I mean, but did we really get him everything he needed? Because remember when we when we brought in Carson Wentz, we had to let. Eric Flowers go, and we had to let um, Matt Ioannidis go for the cap space that we needed, right, for our draft class. So we took away and we added Norwell, but he's hurt. And we added Turner, who hasn't played yet. Nor nor came back to practice. Right. Uh, Yeah, he came back today, right? But Turner still hasn't come yet, and, and maybe we are saving him for you know, the the season, because, yeah, you could play through what he's going through right now, but literally he had a veteran day off and he's been missing ever since. So, yes, we upgraded the offense, but what before you can get the, before you can get the ball to the Ferraris, the Jaguars, and, you know, all of that, you've got to make sure that your, your, your tractors, your, your, your lawnmowers and, and your 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 uh, give me a, another slow car bulldozer. Uh, you're, yeah, you yeah, you got to make sure those things are taken care of and well maintained and and everything like that. And so, I I like what Turner has, and I think we'll see a better offense uh, with with a better attack. Like I said, like a lot of ten minute drives, and I think we're going to try to beat people twenty to twenty to seventeen and. Well, Don't look for us to put up 30s unless we're playing Atlanta. Well, I, I think I think that um, for me, I think what myself, and I'm going to say maybe some fans, it's not so much averaging 30 points, but I think what we want to see is some creativity out of our offense. 
And because our, our offense looks very vanilla, we don't do a lot of motion. We don't do a lot of things. It's just the guys line up and then they kind of run these routes. And so there's nothing special about our offense. We, if you ever watch us play somebody or if you watch NFL Red Zone or highlights things, you see, you see offenses running plays and you're like, man, that was cool. We don't do anything. But it's preseason, though. No, 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 no. Even, even going last year. I'm talking regular season. I'm talking regular season. We don't do anything special. We, we, run, we run the hell out of some slants in the end zone and some screen passes, wide receiver screen. Other than that, we don't do any – there's no trick plays. There's nothing that, 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 uh, that Gibson – not Gibson, uh, Turner, Turner does. Turner does. So, so, so I'm hoping that what we see is some, some, some dynamic things – and look, some exotic packages where forward-thinking offense. Yeah, where, where we look like man, Turner Turner's one of those young up-and-coming coordinators. Right now, he's it's like I can call those plays. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember he said, I think it was you know last year or this year, like Curtis said. And, and here's back to that plan that they kept talking about a couple of weeks ago. Um, them not having Curtis Samuel's limited a lot of things that they could do because can you imagine with JD McKissick? And Curtis Samuels on the field at the same time, and they break the huddle, and JD McKissick goes out wide, and Curtis Samuels in the backfield. You're undressing the defense, right? Right. You you're gonna make them tell you what they're doing because they're either gonna walk a linebacker out there, because if you leave a linebacker or Curtis Samuels, that's just cheating, right? Right. Right. So now that we now that we have Curtis Samuels healthy, we get him the week one. I think we will see some some things like happen like that, and then you could even have. Uh, Gibby now do that, right? Because right. we know he's better in space, so you can put Gibby out wide. And hey, you're going to undress that defense again. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are the goats because they can they can read your defense and tell you what's going to happen unless there's Air Reed back there who who was just a a book nerd just as they were, yeah, you know, studying in the film. So and, and that's the, and that's the point I'm making. I think we want to see some creativity out of our offense out of our offense, which starts with our offensive coordinator with all these weapons that he has. And if we don't see any of that, then you're going to have to question whether or not Scott Turner is the right guy for the job. Right. Is, is, Turner, is Turner making the adjustments to create that mismatch example that you just said? You know, I mean, you, you know, McKissick goes out wide and they, and they bring in uh, Samuels behind running back. You know, what does that do to the defense, right? The, these are all the tools that you have. That you can get creative and, and scheme and, up, right? Yes, and you should be creating right. – he, he, Turner should 100% be creating mismatches and confusion on the defense and uh, just things that aren't fair for a linebacker to have to cover, right? Or a, uh, a, a safety to have to cover, Get, you know, put that safety in a bad spot to be, you know, single covered on one, one of the fast wide receivers. I mean, again, it's moving everybody around. It's, it's running the routes to do that. And, the, the young up-and-coming offensive coordinators, some of them are now head coaches in... Uh, the Rams, 49ers. Everybody everybody that was under Gruden, right? right? <laughs> uh, all the offensive under yeah. coordinators under Gruden. Uh, that's what we need in D.C. with Scott Turner. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I work with a guy who's a Vikings fan. He's excited that... Uh, oh, it just, just, blew, just went through my mind just that fast. Uh, Kevin O'Connell. Right? Right, 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 right. Kevin O'Connell's in Minnesota, and this guy, this guy's, yeah. he's excited now because he knows that this guy is going to bring some of that Sean McVay mindset to Minnesota, and so we need to see Scott scheme scheme up stuff like that. Right. He's got the tools, no excuse. He's got the tools to make. And again, to your point, toothpick, it may not be thirty points a game, but when you watch, when you see our offense out there, we're doing some things that everyone's like, man, oh man. But had he caught that, man, that was a good play call. I like that. Even long drives, I mean, we want to score, but even long drives that turn into three keeps the other team off the field, right? Keeps them off the field. We're going to have to play keep away because our defense literally uh, sucks, man. I mean, for the last couple of years, everybody's been telling, oh, we got, we got this defense. We're going to have a great defense. No, no, you got to prove you can stop the run. And, and our offense is – Pretty much our run stopping defense right now. So keep their keep their offense on the on the sideline and let our guys get out there, hold the rock, play a little game of keep away. And because unless the NFL changes the rules, you can't score from the bench. That's right. Right. We saw we saw that with the Tampa game, right? Yep. Yep. Right. That's exactly. Yep. That was the the successful recipe in that Tampa game. Those long yep. drives it, it, and Tom Brady wasn't on the field. You can't score if you're on the it, field. 
You're not on it the started out four game winning streak. It started out four game winning streak last year, and I think we have the offense. When they're all healthy, I, that's the one coach that I do trust is our offensive line coach. Um, no doubt, no once, doubt, man. Yeah, once he gets these guys on the field and they're healthy, between him and the doc, you know the, the athletic trainers and all them. Once they get those guys on the field. And, and they give them and say, hey, you can go mold them and get them to do what you need them to do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about our, offen- our offensive line. And I'm sorry for my wife in the background. She doesn't know I'm still doing this podcast. Right no, now, no, so. you're good, man. You're, <laughs> you're good. good. Yeah. You did. You're good. But, but that's, that's why I said I want to wait and see, give it four, four games. I want to see how things look after about four games. We'll know what kind of team we got, regardless of the opponents. We'll know because again, you played Jacksonville, Detroit, week one and week two. You you could win both of those games, but if you win them on a the last second field goal, as opposed to you blow them out, it tells you something about your team. Then we play. Then we right. play, then we play two division games. We play Philly and then Dallas. Right, right. Two teams yep. that yep. has playoff aspiration. Two teams that we're going to compete with twice a year. Again, we'll know what our team looks like depending on how we how we play. Now, again, barring any major injuries or those types of things. We will know what kind of team we got after the first four games, guaranteed. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So, yep. well, man, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up real quick. But before we go, I do got one last question for you. All right. Yes, sir. And there's no wrong answer here. But uh, what is a successful? What would a successful season for the Washington Commanders look like in the eyes of Toothpick? Um, double digit win. Okay. We haven't seen double-digit wins in so long. I don't want to backdoor a playoff spot with a seven and nine record. Well, it'll be seven and ten this year, okay. right? Or now, I don't want to backdoor. I want to. Hey, if I would not be upset, literally, if we won ten games and missed the playoffs because it's a double-digit thing, and we haven't done that since '91. Okay, that is terrible. That is terrible. So I need double-digit wins. And I don't care how we get them by by hook, crook. I don't care. I just want double-digit wins, by, you know, by hook or by crook. Do what you, you got to do. Get us some double-digit wins, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have um, Cowboy fans and Philly fans shaking in their boots if we hit 10. Because that means they got to hit 11 and 12 to uh, win the division. So just get us there. Right. Double-digit wins. I got you down. Double-digit I, I, wins. I, I'll take double-digit wins. Well, that was that that was my prediction that I told Ken. I said 10, 10 wins is the floor for me. So I'm right there with you. Uh, however, we get there, whatever the number is, but I said ten wins was the floor for me. Yep, yep. Um, one last thing, man. I really got to get you guys onto my podcast. Y'all know we live stream, so you got to get yourself. You got to get the stuff together because. Yeah, we're on YouTube and okay. uh, and go ahead, go ahead and get, give everybody your, uh, your your podcast information, Toothpick, where they can uh, reach right. you and hook up with you and uh, and and listen to your podcast and, and watch your podcast. As a matter of fact, yeah. So my YouTube, my I'm sorry, my, my podcast is on Twitter. It's first the number one st right first string podcast, and I'm Toothpick seventy four on Twitter. Uh, you can catch it there. Um, the day after we we stream live at 5 o'clock in the morning. We're on all audio platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher. So we're everywhere like air with that. So, yeah, um, okay. just like and subscribe on YouTube and uh, we would appreciate it. You know, trying to hit 400 before the start of the season, which I think is going to be a little bit out of my control. Um and, you know, but it's a it's a good goal. Set lofty goals, and yeah. then if we hit it, you know, within the first week of the season, commanders commanders winning it will always help that because people will search for absolutely more yeah. oh, for more sure. commander topics. Yeah, so yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, and and for those that didn't uh, get that written down, uh, that follow us, uh, we will put that information when we tweet out to this podcast. Uh, look at our Twitter account. We'll tag this episode. With your with toothpicks information and uh, podcast and uh, make that connection. Yeah, for make you. sure you guys can go listen out, and, and we'll certainly um, be looking forward to getting on, on with you as well. And uh, we'll we'll get all of our video and stuff and all that kind of stuff, and uh, yeah, and get it get up there and join you get guys. Just, yeah, we, oh, listen, hey, okay, I'm gonna tell you right now. I got some crazy lineups coming at you. I um, 
I, I could give you guys a sneak preview right here because my co-host, uh, he, he, he probably will. Well, you know what? I can't give it to you because he probably is going to listen to this tomorrow. <laughs> or, oh, once you guys post it. oh, we thought but we had breaking it. news. We yeah. thought we had breaking yeah. toothpick news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got, I got, um, we got Jamal uh, Burks from uh, wide receiver for Atlanta Falcons with us tomorrow to break down the Atlanta game. My co-host is an Atlanta Falcons fan, so okay. we're going to go uh, Atlanta deep, and then we'll get our final word nice. on the Commanders uh, game from Saturday. On Thursday, we got Doc Walker coming and coming through. He's going to ring the bell and step into the first three podcasts. And then on the following Tuesday, we got a special guest that I'm not going to say yet because I know my co-host is like, he's literally asked me, who is this guest that we got booked? And right. just, it just says yes. But I'm like, I can't tell you who it is just yet. Is, is, he, is he tied to the commanders? Uh, I'm going to give you some initials and I'll let y'all talk about it all. All right. <laughs> all right. K, KG. KG. All right. Yeah. Don't say it. We'll discuss it after we close up and I'll tell you guys. All right, all right, man. Well, right. well, cool, man. Well, yep. we appreciate you coming coming on, man. Spending a little time on the on an evening with us, and uh, we enjoyed it, man. We enjoyed it. It's an honor. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. And this definitely won't be the last time, but it's the first, but it won't be the last. Absolutely. And, uh, and we'll be around, and hopefully, we'll be seeing you during the season and all that good stuff. And and uh, you know, you ready to go, man? Yeah. And until next time, yes, until next podcast, peace out, knuckleheads. <laughs>